Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio on the C-Suite Radio Network. I am so excited about today because we're going to be in just a little while talking to uh, Diana Oric. Diana is uh, the executive vice president of NetJets uh, in charge of the owner experience. But uh, what really gets me excited is I first met Diana when she was over at the Ritz-Carlton. She was in charge of the Ritz-Carlton Leadership Center. And uh, gosh, she'll tell us more about that because I wanted to go into her background. But I started to think about what is it about these two companies that she works with? Well, number one, they're both amazing companies. They're recognized as very high-end companies. Obviously, if you're going to fly a private jet, that's fairly high-end. If you're going to stay at the Ritz-Carlton, uh, you know it, it, that's a, a level above a lot of different types of hotels. They're definitely not your average run-of-the-mill hotel. They're at the high-end luxury and uh, clientele or guests that stay there spend more money to stay there. Uh, so it's uh, it's an affluent experience, if you will. Same thing with, with the Jets. And I started thinking about, gosh, um, what does it take to have a great culture of, of customer service? And I started thinking about something I wrote about not that long ago, which about uh, which is about the traits that make for good service. So you may have heard me talk about this in a past show, but I worked with a medical group, a medical system, a a hospital chain um, out in the southwest that had a hiring issue. And the issue came because they could not find enough of the right personality, enough of the uh, what I would call the customer service mentality. Uh, They couldn't find people that had that, that skill or trait Yet they all had, you know, the technical skills. Nurses were good nurses. Docs were good docs. And what they decided to do is they said, look, if we hire a nurse to come in here and he or she isn't in standards, it doesn't meet the standards of what we promise our patients and their families, they're going to erode everything we're trying to achieve. So let's not hire somebody just because they're the best nurse or the best, you know, whatever uh, at the hospital. Let's make sure that they are the best at what they're supposed to do and have the characteristics or the traits or or the attitudes. So uh, as I thought about uh, my monologue today, I thought about, well, let's go back to this, this piece that I wrote, which had to do with the traits that make for good customer service. Now think about it. If you've got an IT department, you need to have somebody that has technical skill. But if they don't have the personality that you would want in your culture, they can erode that culture. Uh, it can be, uh, for lack of a better term, the one bad apple syndrome. One bad apple can spoil the whole bunch. So as you think about traits, I want you to think about both attitudes and skills. Skills are obvious. The IT person has IT skills. The nurse, you know, licensed and went to college and school to learn to be a nurse. Uh, If you're hiring somebody to do uh, written correspondence, they better have great command of the English language. These are traits that are skills. Attitude is the way you would describe somebody. Is she funny, outgoing? Uh, Is he helpful? That kind of thing. 
And there's an exercise that we do in some of the workshops that we create for some of our clients, and that is we have a large whiteboard uh, or a flip chart. We have it in front of our audience, and we ask the audience to shout out the traits of someone who would be great at customer service. So you can imagine we get quite a few answers. And, um, gosh, some of them might be oh, friendly, outgoing, funny, engaging, poised, um, Empathetic, uh, helpful, knowledgeable, sympathetic, uh, good communicator, happy. Uh, I'm just spewing these out here. Uh, good people skills, uh, responsive, positive, passionate, uh, honest, polite. Um, anyway, the list can go on and on and on. You get the idea. What's interesting about the list is that most of the traits that people share are attitudes versus just a few being skills. So, I know that I mentioned, uh, you know, friendly, outgoing. I also mentioned a good communicator and uh, good people skills. Well, those are two skills. They're not necessarily attitudes. A good communicator means that they have a command, uh, maybe uh, uh, written and orally of the English or whatever language that you're you're working in. And, of course, good people skills. And you can argue also that knowledgeable, I don't know if I mentioned knowledgeable, but knowledgeable is also a skill. You want to have knowledgeable people. So out of all these traits mentioned, maybe two or three of them were actually skills. Yet, uh, you know, you can always add a few more skills to the list. But for every skill, I'm going to bet there's probably three, if not four or more attitudinal traits that can be added. So Here's my point. I'm not suggesting that skills aren't important because they absolutely are. If a medical center needs to hire a skilled nurse, they're going to be looking at more than just an attitude. But coming into the job, the, um, the skill is a basic requirement. It's the ante that you come with. And add to that the trait, and then you have a great employee. So here is the next exercise. All of these great traits, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll say they're attitudinal traits. List all of the attitudinal traits that you think would be great for a customer-focused employee, and then choose 10 of them. The top 10 attitudinal traits that you would want every employee that comes to work at your organization or is currently working in your organization to have. And then you take that top 10 list, and then you tie it to the skills that the employee must have just to be able to do their job. And if you hire somebody that has those skills and also has the 10 traits needed, you may have found your next amazing employee. So that's it for me right now. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to bring in Diana Oric, who's going to tell us all about her experience that she's having over at NetJets at the Ritz-Carlton and share some of that wisdom. You are listening to Amazing Business Radio on C-Suite Radio Network. This is Shep Hyken. Don't go away. If you like what you're hearing on Amazing Business Radio, and I know you do, then you can get much more of this information All you have to do is go to my website, hyken.com. That's www.hyken.com. Fill out the subscribe to the Shepherd Letter form, and each week you will get an article that contains a business tip, stories, much more, all about customer service and experience delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to always be amazing. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio, and I promised you 
an amazing interview today, as I always do. But this, I'm so excited, and I'll, I'll tell you why. If you've been listening to my show for as long as we've had it now, a few years, you will hear me talk over and over again about the Ritz-Carlton. Well, let me tell you who we have today. Well, you probably know if you've listened to my monologue. We have Diane Oreck, and she formerly was with the Ritz-Carlton Leadership Center. She was there 12 years. Uh, the Leadership Center is actually a corporate university that's open to the public. Uh, companies would actually hire the Leadership Center to teach them the Ritz-Carlton way, and they specialize in organizational culture transformation and legendary service and leadership. What's more important than that? How does that apply to amazing business radio? It's all about that. But not that long ago, she left the Ritz, and I thought, why would she want to do that? She moved from Washington, D.C. to Columbus, Ohio, and she joined NetJets as their executive vice president of owner experience. And we are so excited to have Diana in the house. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Thank you so much, Chef. Well, we have so much to talk about. Let's first start about, uh, and I want to get into NetJets because that is a unique product. Uh, it's a high-end product. It's and, and boy, I tell you, I would imagine that your owners and uh, the people you do business with have the highest standards of expectation when it comes to safety, service, the way they're treated. But it's uh, and it may actually be I don't know if it's if it's in line with or even a step up from the Ritz, because I think of the Ritz is like, wow, I mean, how does it get much better? The Ritz Carlton's like like uh, an adjective. They're the Ritz Carlton of the industry. <laughs> Okay. It, it really is true, Shep, right? And I have to tell you, it's so interesting because Ritz-Carlton is just such a fabulous, iconic uh, brand. And uh, honestly, they set the gold bar for all industries. But it's interesting because a lot of Ritz-Carlton guests, right, will fly net jets. And basically, for many, many of our owners, time is the most important thing, right? Time right. is the great equalizer. They don't have uh, the time uh, to be flying commercial, going through TSA. And so, absolutely, first and foremost, it's safety. Uh, then it's certainly really uh, personalized service. And uh, it's also very much about this whole issue of making it easy to do business with you. Oh, that's so important. Uh, So time, personalized business or personalized experience, and making it easy. Those are three topics we can actually probably write a book on, uh, each one of those. Absolutely. And, Shep, I know that you've been seeing this and trending it, but... uh, uh, easy to do business with with businesses is now becoming a greater predictor of loyalty than satisfaction. It, it's it's uh, it's not just easy, um, and you'll hear me talk about this over the next year or so as I'm writing a book about it. Easy is one thing; convenient is an even bigger step beyond being easy. How much yep. more conven- convenient can be? And by the way, easy doesn't mean simple. It's sometimes very difficult to make it easy for the customer. Absolutely. But it's it's this whole issue of you think, right, that it's seamless. And it's it's I like to call it one-stop shop. Mm-hmm. How can you get what you need done with interacting with as few touch points as possible? 
So a couple of things come to mind. Um, Amazon, one click. Mm -hmm. You know, the one click. Once you set it up, it's one click. PayPal. You got it. Yeah, PayPal. Once you set it up, and by the way, it may take you 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes to get it all set up. But once you do, when you want to send money, you go in, you put in somebody's email address, and you click send money. Done. And in the long run, I mean, think about it. Yes, so you're doing a few minutes up front, right, for your setup. But think of the time it's saving you in the long run. Right, right. So today I went to my local Panera Bread Company, Mm -hmm. and I actually like to go over to the kiosk with the, you know, where you – Put, put put in your own order. Not that I don't yeah. like the people working behind the counter, but there's always a line. I, I run over there. And I did something today that I've never done before. I swiped my card as usual. And for the first time, it said, save your, your credit card information here. Guess what? I just skipped a step or two the next time I, I come back. It. And I love it. Yeah. So how can you simplify things? And and that's it. Uh, MetLife, I talked about this recently on one of our shows. MetLife, uh, Got that made buying insurance so simple that they actually put it in a box, literally life insurance in a box, and they took it over to uh, either Kmart or, or one of the uh, discount shopping places and actually hung it on a rack that you can buy life insurance, take it off the rack, go over, have <laughs> the cashier swipe it, and then you open up the box and you enter all the information in the computer. Now you have life insurance. You know that's amazing. Chef, <laughs> there is a book on this topic that you, if you haven't read it already, but you and your listeners might thoroughly enjoy. I found the research fascinating. The book is called The Effortless Experience. Yep. It has about four authors. I think one of them is called Tom Dixon. Mm -hmm. But I learned so much about the importance of as you say, convenience, simplicity. Uh, Let's not squander people's time. Right. I actually have the book, and um, I'm going to go out. As soon as we're done, I'm going to go pick it up and put it on my computer to read on my very next trip, just as a reminder. Super. That's good. So that's right. Well, You'll enjoy it. I know it. So let's go ahead, and uh, I want to jump into some Ritz-Carlton information first. I sure, mean, sure. It, what's, I mean, the biggest takeaway uh, of working with Ritz, like if there's one thing that you would love to impart with all of our listeners about the Ritz and what mm-hmm. we can learn from them, what would it be? I know that's a huge question. Yes. No, it actually, I've thought about it a lot. What I loved about Ritz-Carlton was this whole concept. The motto there is we are ladies and gentlemen serving serving ladies ladies and and gentlemen gentlemen. love it and you know so even if you are a housekeeper and you are serving a millionaire or a billionaire we were all human beings okay we are all uh should expect respect and kindness and we were supported okay we were very very blessed um you know, we had fabulous guests. and But in the unlikely event that, you know, we had a, a guest that was becoming a little bit uh, hot under the collar and perhaps using poor language. Uh, and it was just, it, it just gave us so, so much pride in our workplace. And that was how we treated each other, too. So it was internal and it was external. So that was amazing. 
And the other thing that was amazing is they have truly hardwired uh, this whole concept of the most important word in service is always, right? Right. Because always leads to consistency, which leads to trust, which leads to profitability. Right. And uh, they just that that spirit to serve regardless of your role, was wired into people's DNA. And management was fantastic because they walked the talk. Yeah, and when you have that motto, which uh, I've written about, I think I put it in virtually every book that I've ever written. Uh, Mm -hmm. I've talked about it on the show uh, at least 50 times. (laughs) It's the best. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. As a matter of fact, Horst Schultz, uh, mm-hmm. When I wrote my last book, uh, I don't remember how I connected with him. Uh, oh, I do. A friend of mine said, hey, I know him. Uh, he'll do an endorsement on your book. And I sent him mm-hmm. the book, and I said I even mentioned uh, the, the motto in there. And he said he would not endorse my book unless I set the story straight because apparently mm-hmm. I had the wrong story. <laughs> it was close enough, but wasn't exactly mm-hmm. 100%. He says, fix page whatever it was and, and change it up a little bit, and I'll be happy to endorse your book. And this book was on its way to the press. This was a cover quote. It wasn't something going in the book. We stopped it. We changed it. Wow. And it was all about were ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen, yeah. how it was created. And, you know, he wrote a paper when he was a teenager in school. Exactly right. Right. Exactly right. <laughs> and But that's so can you imagine, Shep? I mean, that is so powerful for employees. It's unbelievable. And the cool thing is you said, um, and, and I think you were alluding to it. I don't know if you finished your thought. When somebody, a, a customer or a guest, is a little hot under the collar, mm-hmm. perhaps using profane language, not mm-hmm. treating uh, one of the Ritz member team members with respect and dignity, uh, management supports the team member for respect and dignity. They'll have a chat. Yeah with the guest, just mm-hmm. as they might have a chat with a team member who isn't doing what they're supposed to be doing. It goes exactly both right. ways. And yes, and, and we knew it, and we felt it. So there was a, a Ritz that took over a hotel in Shanghai, and mm-hmm. gosh, it's been a long time. I may have mentioned this over the last couple of years of her show, but uh, I wrote about it a long time ago that it was time to take it over, change it over to a Ritz, bring it up to the right standards. Let's go ahead and remodel. The first area they worked on upgrading was the employee entrance. And Mm -hmm. the area that the team members come in because they wanted them to feel the experience of how things were going to change for the better and that this was a new way. And I thought, wow, that's focusing on your people first. And I think that's so important. I think that's part of what's made the Ritz successful and probably many other organizations uh, just like NetJets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and it's great because here – you know, we it, it, it's a different version of things, but we firmly believe how you do it is as important as what you do, right? Right, right. So when we come back from our break, we're going to talk more about NetJets. We've been talking about the Ritz, so it's time to flip over to where you are right now. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Diana Oreck the NetJets Executive VP of Owner Experience. This is Amazing Business Radio, and, and now you know why. Because of people like Diana, we'll be right back. Don't go away. If customer service is the new marketing and content marketing is one of the hottest marketing trends, then it makes sense that your customer service and experience strategy would include a content marketing strategy. 
delivering relevant content, not blatant promotional content, is part of the value that you can bring to your customers. You can become an influential voice in your industry, which creates more leads, loyalty, and brand recognition. And that's where PowerPost comes in. This solution will help you be more organized and efficient in the way you publish and post content to social channels, websites, blogs, email, and more. And the team at PowerPost can provide consultation and services to help your brand evolve into a modern-day marketer. Turn your company into a publishing machine that adds value to your customer's experience. Learn more at www.powerpost.com. Digital. That's www.powerpost.digital. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Diana Oreck. We've been talking about the Ritz-Carlton. Now let's talk about NetJets. And for those that don't know that much about NetJets, uh, they are a private aviation company. They have uh, more than 700 aircraft aircraft. that are out there that either are owned uh, or perhaps uh, there's a, a card where you can buy uh, hours of, of travel on a private jet or it's like a timeshare uh, where you can buy a portion of a jet. They have over 6,000 employees. And um, during the break, Diane and I were briefly talking, and I said, you know, in a sense, uh, NetJets is not that different from the Ritz. The Ritz has, I don't know, somewhere right around 80 properties around the world, 80 hotels, um, maybe a couple more, maybe a couple less. Well, NetJets has 700 aircraft, and essentially those are like the properties. Uh, there's a manager. He's the captain of the aircraft, and there's the co-pilot, and, and you've got your ground crew, and maybe there's a flight attendant on, on some of the jets if they're big enough. But, it, it, Diana, it's, it's kind of the same thing, isn't it? It, it truly is. And, and you know what's interesting, Shep? I mean, when you think about the crew, for instance, right? They are going to be with the passengers longer than anybody else. I mean, the the owners, right, guests, they're calling us in owner services. But think about the importance of service in those close quarters, perhaps for several hours. Think about the sensitivity that's required in case it's a funeral flight, a medical flight, or a joyous occasion, right? Birthdays, anniversaries, but it it really is. I mean, when uh, I've always been intrigued by the concept of regardless of your business, your employees have your brand in the palm of their hands, and they can make the experience or break it. Yeah, I call that the awesome responsibility. Um, you got it. Yeah, because that one person, um, and I, I talk about how I took my kids to McDonald's, and we mm-hmm. only interacted with one person, and she was so nice. And my daughter said, boy, the people at this McDonald's are so friendly. It wasn't the people. It was the person. You got it. And one person right? because represented Because we have everybody. discretionary effort. Mm-hmm. We have this thing called discretionary effort, and we can choose if we want to go above and beyond. And we can all choose to do that, regardless of what industry you're in. I love that. And you know whose discretion it is? It's the discretion of the individual making a very conscious choice as to how they're going to act and portray their role within an organization. And, Mm -hmm. uh, boy, that's why it's so important to hire the best people and uh, the best, you know, uh, call it customer-focused people, the best personalities to fit the culture. 
So let, let's talk about and, that. And Chef, can I just say one one other thing about that? Because I think it's really, really important um, when we're talking about the subject of service, right? Sir, first of all, I do think that people have to have the spirit to serve. Right. If you don't like people, you shouldn't be in a business that's dealing with people. But I, I also think what's really important is that you can pick up some service tips along the way, but at the end of the day, you are right. It's up to the individual and the fact that you really have that desire to give great service. So here's my and question. And it's not cookie cutter, right? Because yep. you also have to, you know, people don't want robots and they don't want your service to be totally scripted. I mean, you want to, you need to make sure that you're, you're, you know your audience and that you're interacting with your audience. So the question is, um, and I think it applies to everything you've just mentioned, it's time to hire a captain. It's time to hire mm-hmm. somebody that's going to take over the aircraft and make mm-hmm. sure it lands and is, you know, takes off and everybody's safe. Yeah. But at the same that's, time, that's first and foremost. Right, that is right? first it's and foremost. It's always about safety. It's yep. always about safety, and you made that clear from the very moment we yep. started our interview. But what if that captain, as great as a pilot as he or she might be, what if they don't have the personality? Do you pass on the captain? Is it is 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 that a place I, that you feel is important to have? you know, the service skills, or is it really at that point, you know what, we don't care if the captain is curmudgeonous and may not be as friendly as the others. No, you know. we do care, mm-hmm. okay? And I think this, whether they're, they're pilots or if you are in a service industry, right, um, competence is the price of entry today. I mean, we're living in a whole different, you know, we're so, we've left the transactional economy years ago. And I think having the safety piece and having the competence piece, that's just price of entry. I think people today, I think luxury consumers today want both. They want to have uh, the safety the competence but they also want the emotional connection i'm right. convinced of it and you're not going to hire somebody that can create the emotional connection if they don't have the competence that's totally against what you do but absolutely so many absolutely. companies out there and, and and you know let's take it away from NetJets and even the ritz carlton let's just talk about any company you may have uh, somebody that's an amazing technical wizard that understands your product if it's a technology product so well uh, that is not the person that you would necessarily want on the front line talking to customers. No. However, uh, today we need to take a look at, okay, if we don't get a person that is technically competent but doesn't have the ability to communicate well, what would that do internally to our culture? What would that, you know, would it, it, sometimes it's easier. Uh, I think, you know, delivering service, it, I don't think it's hard, but it does take effort. And if you had a choice of being of making it easier, which would mean maybe not thinking or going the extra mile for somebody, you might take a shortcut. Well, you mm-hmm. can't hire people that are that are of that mindset. Uh, so competence 
and uh, uh, you know the traits of good service focused people I think go hand in hand um, I think at one point you could get away with hey we'll let you talk to so and so in the back gotta warn you about him not the most friendly person in the world but he really can't knows do that anymore. can't do it anymore those no. days are gone. And, you know, that brings me to this whole topic of it's a misnomer. I read an article recently that was saying, uh, you know, we shouldn't be calling them soft skills because soft skills, there's a connotation, right, that they're yeah. not that important. Right. So this author was saying they should be real skills, uh, because they're very, very important. And you know, you've traveled enough and seen enough in service. You know when you are dealing with somebody that absolutely knows how to serve and loves it. So soft skills are real skills. But how about skills. this? How about we hire somebody that has the differentiation skills? Mm-hmm. Because that's what really what you're looking for is somebody that will will set it apart, somebody that will, you know, um, they, they do all that they're supposed to do, operationally totally sound. But when they become people-focused, that's where the difference is made. Because at the end, I mean, there's, a, a, I don't know if there's 100 companies out there that are jet companies, but there's a lot of them. There's a lot of aviation companies competing Correct. for your customers. And mm-hmm. you've got to create a compelling product, which I would imagine a plane is a plane is a plane. Mm-hmm. But then you take it to the next level with your service. It's the people. Mm-hmm. It's all about the people. And, um, you know, we, we absolutely um, are laser beam focused on, on service. We have a mission, which is to enhance the life of each owner, one exceptional travel experience at a time. And regardless of our role in the organization, if we're not owner-facing, we're serving somebody that is, and that's it. And the thing that's that's beautiful about it is we have a captive audience, Shep, whether it's for an hour or five or ten. Right. So if we do it right, wow, yeah, that's memorable. Right. And they are going to speak to their colleagues and their friends and their families. So it's an honor. It's an honor to have you know, people captives for whatever amount of time there is. So I, I love it. I mean, if I, I think back to what you talked about earlier in our conversation, that the word always uh, turns mm-hmm. into uh, basically it's, it's consistency. I always talk about it. if you could put always in front of uh, something positive, they're always so friendly. They're always so nice. Mm-hmm. They're always so knowledgeable. They're always so helpful. The word always, mm-hmm. or even if there's something that goes wrong, even when there's something that goes wrong, I can always depend on them. The word always followed by something positive is what you're trying to achieve. And Absolutely. as you, you said, consistency creates that loyalty. But or at first you said consistency creates trust. Correct. And, and I have a word that goes in between trust and that loyalty, and that is the word mm-hmm. confidence. Because, yes. yeah, and, and that's what you want. I trust that they're going to do it. I'm confident. And I don't think trust and confidence are the same thing. Uh, They Mm -hmm. belong together. But when you mix trust and confidence and a consistent experience, hence the word always, you have the opportunity to create loyalty. So absolutely. As we start to wrap up here, uh, mm-hmm. And I've warned you, we've already given you a one thing question where I talked to you about the one thing we learned from Ritz uh, over all the years. 
Give us another one thing to close out the interview. What's one thing you want us to remember that we've already talked about or something different that you want this audience to know? Yeah, I'll tell you what. Regardless of your title, regardless of how much you have, I have found in life that the most important things is always be gracious and remain humble. Powerful. Very powerful. Mm -hmm. Always be gracious, remain humble. That's why we are here to serve, and it is never above any of us to take care of Mm -hmm. a customer in such a way that preserves the dignity and respect of both sides. Hence, we're ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. Be humble, be honored to take care of the people that you get to do business with. Uh, Diana, you're amazing. Thank you. Well, thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Chef. You're awesome. And everybody, I hope you enjoyed today's interview. We'll be back next week with another outstanding and amazing interview. And until that time, this is Chef Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.